Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today I want to talk about setting goals and feeling overwhelmed. I was invited recently to do a show with Hassan Minhaj, who if you've watched The Patriot Act on Netflix or The Daily Show on Comedy Central, and he has a, a few comedy specials on Netflix, one called The King's Jester and another one called Homecoming. And it's going to be this Thursday through Saturday at the La Jolla Playhouse here in San Diego. And when he sent me a text to open for him, I immediately felt myself become overwhelmed. What am I going to say? Uh, it has to be perfect. I only get, you know, a few minutes. And, you know, he and I, we've known each other for a while, and I opened for him before at the La Jolla Playhouse. So now I'm like, I got to do different material. And I just immediately start putting all of this pressure on myself to, to be great, to, to stand out, to, to not ruin the show, to not mess it up, to... To not, um, you know, have them be like, uh, you know what, don't come back tomorrow. You know, all, all of my fears um, coming true. And then I started reading this book. I actually have been reading it for a little while. No, not War and Peace, for those of you who have been. <laughs> yes, I'm still reading that. But I'm also been reading the 33 Strategies of War. In the mornings when I eat breakfast, I listen, I try to mindfully eat. I try to just eat and focus on eating. It does not suit my temperament. I find peace and tranquility in eating and reading. So this morning, I was reading the 33 strategies of war. I try to read a chapter a day from each book. And it spoke to me today. It, it helped me to put together my plan of attack for the show. It, it was almost like the, the heavens dropped the passage in front of me. And this is from the chapter on uh, warfare on page 104. And he's talking about strategy. And I'm going to read two parts. I'm going to read, the first part I'm going to read is just to set up the mindset. And then I'll comment a little bit. And then I'll read the second part, which is the part that really helped me. And I believe if you are struggling with setting goals, if you're feeling overwhelmed, this, the second part will bring it all home for you and help you make sense of it and dissipate the pressure of which you're feeling. So here's the, the first part, and it's, it's just um, a paragraph. Quote, the problem faced by those of us who live in societies of abundance is that we lose a sense of limit. We are carefully shielded from death and can pass months, even years, without contemplating it. We imagine endless time at our disposal and slowly drift further from reality. We imagine endless energy to draw on, 
thinking we can get what we want simply by trying harder. We start to see everything as limitless. The goodwill of friends, the possibility of wealth and fame. A few more classes and books and we can extend our talents and skills to the point where we become different people. Technology can make anything achievable. Abundance makes us rich in dreams, for in dreams there are no limits. But it makes us poor in reality. It makes us soft and decadent, bored with what we have and in need of constant shocks to remind us that we are alive. In life, you must be a warrior, and war requires realism. That part really spoke to me because, you know, I'm 47 and I have friends who reach out to me from time to time, especially in this age group, who are like, hey, should I go back to school? Should I take another class? That They're constantly wanting to read books and uh, take classes. And it's, it's kind of like they're trying to build up their, their armor, their artillery, and, and get ready for war. And they haven't really thought about the, the consequences of taking on such a task, of going back to school, the cost, the time, the energy. We do, we, I, and I, I'm guilty of this, where I say yes to so many things thinking that I just have limitless amount of energy. And then comes the point to act, and I have to cancel or bail out or withdraw, and then I feel guilty and embarrassed or ashamed. And so I love this passage that it reminds me that my energy is not limitless. Uh, the, the goodwill of my friends is not limitless. You know, yes, they may say yes to a few things, but it doesn't mean they're always going to say yes. It doesn't mean that my friends will always be there for me. It doesn't mean that they're always going to be able to pick me up from the airport or pick up the phone when I call they have limits on what, how much support and care they can extend, as do my parents. I think this, this idea of realism helps us to have more compassion for the people who at times have let us down, because that's part of humanity. We ourselves have let other people down, have you know, maybe not followed through on all the things that we said we were going to do, because we have limits. And this is important to note because sometimes we expect to get an A on every test or get that job promotion or get that raise or like be married forever. But sometimes there are limits, or not sometimes, but there are limits to everything. Sometimes things run their course. The days don't last forever. The night doesn't go on for infinity. The moon waxes and wanes, as does the sun, as do tides. Everything comes and goes. The seasons change. But when we're in it, it feels like it's going to last. Like even being in love. Michelle and I have been together for almost four years. And in the beginning, there's all these chemicals, dopamine, endorphins, oxytocin, things that are firing, and it feels like 
those feelings are going to last forever. And they don't. It, you know, you go from being in love to then learning how to love that person. And then it evolves into intimacy and connection. And it becomes this deeper, rooted, um, emotional experience that you get to explore, but you have to stay rooted long enough for it to grow. So I really love this reading, especially the part where it says, in life you must be a warrior, and war requires realism. Now, here's the part of the reading that helped me to, you know, reduce my sense of overwhelm and set a goal and then take action. He said, the next time you, quote, the next time you launch a campaign, try an experiment. Do not think about either your solid goals or your wishful dreams, and do not plan out your strategy on paper. Instead, think deeply about what you have, the tools and materials you will be working with. Ground yourself not in dreams and plans, but in reality. Think of your own skills and political advantage you might have, the morale of your troops, how creatively you can use the means at your disposal. Then, out of that process, let your plans and goals blossom. Not only will your strategies be more realistic, they will have more inventive they will be more inventive and forceful. Dreaming first of what you want and then trying to find the means to reach it is a recipe for exhaustion, waste, and defeat. So let me bring some clarity to what I just read. Sometimes we think about what we want to eat and then we open the refrigerator. And if the refrigerator does not have what we want to eat. Say I want to make a bologna sandwich and I open up the fridge and I see I don't have bread, I don't have bologna, then I leave the house to go get the bread and bologna. But what this passage is saying is open the fridge first, look at what you have, and to decide on what you're going to make from what you have. And that brought such serenity and tranquility to me because I was like, oh, I'm trying to think of what material I'm going to do instead of sitting down and looking at the material I do have and then seeing what I can create from that. And as soon as I did that, my shoulders dropped, my breathing slowed, I sat down, and it, it immediately started writing out the, the, the set list of material I was going to do. And so I know you're not a comedian, but for, for a lot of you who are like, what's my next move, before you, can, before you think about what your next move is, if you feel stuck, sit down and take stock of what you have first. It's almost like if you're in a wilderness and you stumble on a backpack, right? Maybe you've been out in a wilderness for days. You're hungry. You need shelter and yada, yada, yada. 
and you see a backpack, a huge backpack, you don't say, I'm going to make a house from that backpack. The first thing you do is you look in the backpack and you see what's there. You see what you can use. You see what you can save. You see what you can, um, you know, discard or, or, or whatever. But you see what you have first. So look at your skills first before you start trying to bring more things into your life, before you start taking classes, before you, you know, sign up for all these different events and, you know, trying to date and, you know, just extending and exhausting yourself and spreading yourself thin. Say, all right, what skills do I have? What have I accomplished? What, what degrees? Who are my friends? Who's, who, who can I call when I need to call them? Um, you know, who can hold space for me? Who uh, can, you know, who's, who's, do I know that's technical? Who is creative? Um, what have I, what experiences do I have? What have I learned? And then, you know, looking at your environment, like what do you have physically around you? Pen, paper, you have Wi-Fi, water, like take stock of all the th- resources and advantages that you have. Even like where you live, do you live in the north, in the mountains, in the valley, by the river, the lake? Like take stock of what is within your reach. What do you have? A lot of times, um, you know, especially in this day and age of blogging and, uh, you know, people becoming famous on the Internet, a lot of times I'll see comments on YouTube about, hey, what camera are you using? What kind of camera? What equipment is that? And everybody wants to go out and get the newest equipment. They want to spend thousands of dollars on the new iPhone, on the new laptop, on the new gadget you know, didgeridoo, I got to tell you, I got, I have thousands of dollars of electrical equipment in this house and I use none of it, not none of it. Obviously I'm using a laptop and the podcasting and my cell phone, but I use maybe 20% of all of the electronic didgeridoos that I purchased because I thought I needed to have the latest and greatest. And then you see on YouTube people getting millions of views and they're shooting it on an iPhone 8 or it's grainy or it's black and white or the sound is horrible or the, you know, it, the, um, the lighting is terrible. And here you are spending thousands of dollars trying to get the latest and greatest and then this person just used what they had. And they're getting the recognition and the fame and the wealth and the views and the yada, yada, yada. Uh, I have a friend and his daughter is going to play in college basketball, play college basketball, or actually high school basketball. And I was like, wow, she might go to the WNBA. And he goes, "Uh, she might do that, but... She'd make more money playing overseas. And I was shocked. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, they pay more overseas than they do here in America. 
And I was like, what? And he goes, actually, she might make more money in high school with an NIL deal than she would playing for the WNBA. Completely shocked by that. I bring that up to say that sometimes we think that the highest level is the highest level. Like, I thought that if you're, you, of course, your goal would be to go to the WNBA. That's just me. To me, if you're a female basketball player, WNBA is the top of the top, but not in every case. In some cases, it might be to go play overseas. Things have changed now. Women's basketball is huge overseas now, and they're paying more money to play over there. And now with the NIL, NIL is like where you, uh, players can get paid for to you, have their likeness used. It's a licensing deal. So like their image, their number, things like that. Now if you're a young player, you don't have to go pro to get paid off of companies using your name and your number. So it's changed the game. And what I'm saying is you might be shooting for the quote-unquote WNBA, the, the top of the top, not realizing that the terrain has shifted and you don't have to go that high to achieve what you want. You might, from where you are, be able to grab something that um, is more tenable and also more tenable is not the word, uh, more realistic and also more lucrative and less exhausting of your resources. To go to the WNBA would mean that you'd have to go high school, college, four years of high school, four years of college, and then WNBA. Where she goes overseas, she can do four years of high school and then go straight overseas and make more money, which would save her knees. It's less exhausting. Uh, it's requiring fewer resources on her part. And with the NIL deal, she may not have to go overseas at all. She might make so much off her likeness from high school that she could, if she you know, figures out how to invest that money, she may recognize that, you know, why, why blow my knees out over there overseas or risk an injury when, you know, I can, you know, go this, this business venture route. So make sure that whatever your goals are, your dreams, that they're realistic. But before you even do that, take stock of what you have first before you create the goal. Take stock of how much money you have, who you know. You know, go through your phone and look at the list of people. I mean, I'm 47. I have like, I don't know how many people I have on my phone. But I know that I've forgotten all of the contacts and connections that I've made and the friends and the people who might be able to assist me in ways that I hadn't even thought about because I just haven't reached out to them. So take stock of who you know, the people in your life, not just who's in your phone, but people who you know physically in your neighborhood. And then take stock of your skills and your abilities and your talents and your experiences and also your interests, things that, that, you're, that you're really interested in. 
And then to take stock of your your resources, you know, how much money you have, your bank accounts. I have a friend of mine who just who forgotten that he had an account with uh 30 grand in there. It was it was in there for like two decades or something, a decade or two. And he just gonna be completely forgot. And they sent him a letter because they're uh shutting down that um that fund or whatever. So they're like, you gotta move the money. But he completely forgot. So what have you forgot? You might have 30 grand sitting around somewhere. Take stock of what you have and then decide on the campaign you want to launch, whether it's the campaign on your mental health, on your academic career, on your occupational career, on a relationship that you want. Maybe you want to get married or find someone, uh, a travel mate, whatever it is, take stock first and use what you have. Because remember, what we have is not limitless. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the 800 numbers that are listed in all the show notes. You can chat, talk, text, whether you are in uh, you know, New Zealand or New Orleans or New Mexico. Uh, I was trying to come up with another New York. <laughs> no matter where you are in the world, you can chat, talk, text. You can always go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.